Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, NBA fans? It's Nick here. Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm joined by, as always, Joel. What's up, Joel? What's up, Nick? What's up, everybody? Uh, not too much, brother. Um, and we also got Ricky back with us, uh, making his second appearance on the show. What's up, Ricky? Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good, man. All right, so we got uh, this is our draft special. We got a lot of draft picks uh, incoming that are going to be fun to cover. Uh, But first things first, I think the topic that's on everybody's mind is will Kristaps Porzingis be traded away from the New York Knicks? Joel, I know you know you're a huge Knicks fan. You've been following this closely. What are the uh, what are the offers that you're hearing right now? Um, as far as either what the Knicks are requesting or what other teams are offering them? Well, um, this has been a thing, apparently, um, for the last two days after they, the Knicks didn't really make it quiet that Phil Jackson was open to trading for Zingas. So, All right, so what I'm hearing is there's two teams right now that that seem to be making the most noise, which is Phoenix and Boston, which, Nick, I think you mentioned Boston as a possible trading candidate earlier, like maybe two shows ago uh, we had this discussion. Um, Yeah. So what I'm saying is – all right, let's see if I can pull this up. So I think the the most appealing – I mean, both trades seem very appealing, except that, you know, the Knicks really want to, like – completely rip any team apart that's trying to take them, which I don't blame them, because guess what? If you're going to take our best asset, we want the best we can get. I don't think it's ridiculous at all. I know they think it's ridiculous, but, you know, this is our future we're talking about. I'm not exactly upset. Alright, so... Nick? Yeah, I'm here. There's a lot of static. Is that you? No, that wasn't me. I don't know. I thought I thought it was you. Maybe it was Ricky. Um, okay, so what what do you got? 
Okay, actually, the, the one I found right now is the Suns. The Suns, um, apparently the Suns were willing, well, so far, I mean, this is, again, this is a rumor. I don't know how true it is. We're willing to give up right. uh, uh, Drew Bledsoe, Marquise Chris, the number four pick for Porzingis. I mean, and when I saw that. That's not that, terrible. That's not terrible at all. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> like, that's, that's like. Last year, one of their last year's lottery pick, um, uh, Bledsoe, who is a very good player, and this year's number four pick, not a bad haul at all. In my not opinion. to mention, you guys need a point guard. Like right. even if you but draft a point like, guard, you you need you need a guy who can lead. Like it's very rare that a guy is going to be a Magic Johnson and come into the league and be a starting point guard right away. Right. Right. So that's why I'm I'm I, I don't hate it. I definitely don't hate it. I, if anything, I, I probably – I kind of like it. I don't know if it's – again, I'm reluctant to give up Porzingis, but if Phoenix were to offer me that, I'm not going to say, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'll, right. I'll think about right. it. I'll think about it. At the very I least, mean, I'll consider yeah, it. Yeah, you kind of put it in your queue and, and go to the next team and say, look, this is kind of what we're being offered from them, right. you know, and right. try to drive up the price. Right, and Boston on the other side it was what apparently we, well at least what we want from Boston. They they apparently according to a new source, uh, Jack Jackson is asking for a third the third overall pick in Thursday's draft, as well as next year's Brooklyn pick along with Jalen Brown and Jay Crowder. And uh, this this That's... version of the deal does include them taking Noah's contract, which would be another thing they'd probably ask them to do. Yeah, that's utterly ridiculous. Right. <laughs> like that's that. There is no way. Like there's, there, I don't even think there's any chance that you get. Okay, much less. They're not. They're definitely not taking on Noah's contract because they right. want to go out and sign Gordon Hayward. And if you take on Noah's contract, you can't do that. Then. Um, furthermore, like if you, if like, don't get me wrong. I I love Christoph Sporzingis. Uh, I think he's a great player. Obviously, I don't have the, um, the the same level of. Uh, of like love for the guy as you and Ricky do, being Knicks fan. However, right. like I don't, I don't even give up Jalen Brown the number three pick and next year's Brooklyn pick for him. Like you're asking me to give up all three of my Brooklyn picks that I like have been waiting for for so long for one guy. Like no, I'm not doing that. Not, <laughs> no chance. But my counter argument would be Chris Porzingis is pretty much proven that he's gonna be a superstar. And I mean, if he doesn't, if he stays healthy, I mean, he has so far. Uh, he's had some injury troubles, like nothing like catastrophic by any means. But I mean, like you're talking about a guy who's seven foot three. Like big guys get hurt. Like that happens a lot. And so to give up three, like to give up all three Brooklyn picks for one guy, when you like, if you have the three Brooklyn picks. Even if none of them turn out to be as good as Porzingis, like you know, your a team is the sum of its parts, and like I, I just don't, I couldn't possibly conceive giving up that much for him. I'm just saying Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Gordon Hayward, Kristaps Porzingis, and Al Horford. I think that's a team that can beat the Cavs. Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I mean, at the very least, it's a team that can compete with the Cavs. Um, because, I mean, you have to figure Gordon Hayward buys you an extra game, Porzingis buys you an extra game, and then, you know, if you enter game seven, all bets are off. 
So especially if you enter a game seven at the garden. So, I mean, I agree with you, but like, you, like you can't also, you can't just be thinking about the Cavs. You got to be thinking about the Warriors too. And you also have to be thinking about, you know, what does that leave us with? You know, what kind of, what kind of future, um, like prospects and, 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 you know, what are we going to be able to get and how are we going to work out cap situations? I think it's, it's, it's just, there's so much that goes into it. I don't think there's any way that I give up three, probably top three picks. Like, I mean, I think that's what you'd be looking at. You got a number three pick from last year, a number three pick from this year, and next year's Brooklyn pick is most likely going to be a, a top three pick. Um, that's crazy, yo. <laughs> yeah, like, Joel, if if you were offered that, like, each of those three Brooklyn picks, you would take that, right, for Porzingis? I don't- yeah, I, I, I might just do it. I might do it. It's crazy. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I just don't see that in any way, shape, or form. I think, like, uh, you know, I threw out earlier, like, a package surrounding Marcus Smart, um, the number three pick, and then some future draft consideration. Like, and I'm not even saying the Brooklyn pick. I'm saying, like, probably, like, the Lakers pick that they traded for, and then maybe, like, maybe, like, the Memphis pick in 2019, because that'll probably be a pretty decent pick. So, like, two first-rounders, Marcus Smart, and the number three pick this year. Like, I feel like that's, like, a reasonable haul to get for Porzingis. Um, Like, I I won't even ask you if you could accept that pick, Joel, but, like, I mean, you would probably – would you feel about the same – like, what what would you rather have? Would you rather have that or would you rather have what what, uh, Phoenix is reportedly offering? I love the Phoenix offer you gave me. I was willing to at least sit down and and think about maybe taking – because I like Marcus Smart. I want that pick, of course, if we're going to give up Porzingis. And whatever asset comes with, maybe the future first. I was willing to consider that. Because I think I thought it made our team stronger in the in time because we wouldn't be losing our this year's lottery pick, so we'd have two lottery picks from this year, and of course a Marcus Smart, which I'm I would be totally down with that. But the Phoenix pick fills up like three holes, and of course we get our own pick, so kind of we get four new players, and they're all good. <laughs> At least we hope they are, because you know we're gonna do another. Yeah. I mean, I think Marquise Chris, uh, he he had spurts that impressed me last year. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, I think that he's still a work in progress, um, but most players who are going into their second year are. Um, so, I mean, I think that's good. My Like, my biggest thing is I would much rather have Marcus Smart than have um, – uh, uh, Bledsoe, and not, and not that I don't like Bledsoe, I, I I just think Marcus Smart, his contract's better. Um, like he's he's obviously he's a free agent next year, so he's going to be paid more next year. But he's also a restricted free agent, which means you probably are looking at having him for four to five years. And I think he's just now hitting his stride. And again, like when it comes to injury, like Bledsoe's got the injury concerns. Right. I disagree with that. I don't. But you do make a good point in that if you were to get to what they were they were saying, uh, remind me of what exactly it was. It was the number four pick, Chris and Bledsoe, right? Right, right. They were 
they won't give so, up yeah, so, parents. Yeah, and I wouldn't either. Like, I, oh, man, like, I mean, why would you, like, if you're trying to get somebody's best player and give assets for it, like, why do you want to give up your best player? You want to get their best player right. and pair them up with your best player. Right, right, right. So, I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean, and if you can get, if you can, like, if I'm Phoenix, like, I think that's a good deal. And, like, I would I would probably hang tight with that and say, like, that's my deal. Like, if you accept it, like, we're cool with it. Because you can run Ulyss and Brandon Knight at your point, Devin Booker at your two, um, TJ Warren at your three, Porzingis at your four, and then, you know, Tyson Chandler at your five and just see, you know, how that team kind of gels together. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. You know, I don't want my – look, in the end, I don't want to lose Porzingis. I don't. Because if people are willing to give us all this, there's some type of upside that uh, that I think some people might be uh, seeing there. So, not that I don't see it, because I do. But, you know, in the end, I, I would prefer to keep Porzingis. But if not – I do want a nice haul. So if someone says it's a ridiculous haul, that's a job well done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if you've got like me, who's kind of impartial, and if I look at it and I'm like, wow, that's just too much to give up for Porzingis, like, or like that's a very fair offer, then you know, you know, chances are that that you're you're you know you're looking at, you know coming out on top but and my biggest thing is this is like i think with the right deal you can like you can certainly make the knicks better by trading porzingis because of what you're able to get back for him and because of how many holes you have on that roster right no i don't disagree with that i totally that's what i'm saying that's the only reason i look at that phoenix the phoenix one more so than even the boston one because when the Boston trade, it looks like we get like two small forwards. I guess we don't. We wouldn't have to. The whole point to me of getting the third pick would be to get Josh Jackson. And if you're gonna give me Jalen Brown and uh, Jay Crowder, I don't see the point in drafting Josh Jackson. You get him. Yeah, there. you're so basically maybe getting three small forwards. Like, <laughs> I mean, right, granted, granted, Crowder Crowder can play the four. And Brown somewhat, and and Brown can comfortably play the two. So I mean, you you would have some flexibility there, um, but like nevertheless, like I'm kind of with you, like, um, like uh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So what I'm what I'm actually hearing as far as what Boston is proposing is kind of similar to what I was saying. They they and of course Boston's real hush hush with um, with its information. Like they're they're not going to tell you uh too much of the particulars but what i'm hearing is uh a player the number three pick and a and a future lottery pick so maybe that is the number three the brooklyn and a pick and i think if you can get that like like if you can get that then yeah go ahead and do it like because i don't think you're gonna like only way, the only way I would take that is if Porzingis points out and he's requesting a trade. If not, if it was just not showing up to the exit meeting and, you know, having his brother and his agent show up for the meetings and stuff, and that's really all you got and Porzingis isn't saying, hey, I want out, then I wouldn't do that. I would look for other offers, uh, other better offers. Really, if he's wanting to stay, I would keep him. I don't know what Phil Jackson is doing right now, but, like, 
I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't see why we're trying to trade him unless he wants out. And if he does, like, yeah, I mean, that would be kind of one of those trades I'd consider. You know, it's not one of those trades that blows me away that makes me want to pull the trigger immediately. If you know what I mean. Yeah, and and like, believe me, I totally get it. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a, you know, you never want to trade the best player on your team. Um, so like, I I totally get it. Um, but like, I can see like, it's funny because you know I've I watched first take the last couple of days, and of course you you got two like like diehard Knicks fans on there, and Stephen A. and and Max Kellerman, and like they are absolutely 100% correct in their criticism of Phil Jackson. Except, <laughs> in my opinion, like, except that it is not stupid for Phil to shop Kristaps Porzingis. It's just not. Like, if you can take that asset and, and, and morph it into, like, three other great assets. I mean, it's like the same – to me, it's the same thing when people were like, man, Boston is stupid for trading away the number one pick. Like why? They got they got the number three pick and then they got a future like another future lottery pick. Like yeah, right. you're not gonna get a player back as good as Kristaps Porzingis, but if you can get three like really good players back, or you know three players that have a lot of potential, like it, it, to well, me that's I mean, not necessarily like the worst thing in the world. Well, I mean. And loyalty, I think, in this case, you know, showing loyalty to your players is, you know, kind of important into an organization and staying stable and building the, you know, having team chemistry kind of stay the same and having that good environment overall. And Phil Jackson, you know, doing the thing with Melo, that kind of hurt it a lot. And then oh, now, yeah. you know, trying to trade Porzingis, that's hurting it a lot. You know, he's just deteriorating all the culture we had in New York and all the chemistry and you know, what kind of players – I heard the other day uh, somebody on SportsCenter says um, the Knicks are kind of becoming a last resort to agents and their players. So, what, I mean, yeah. really, if they're a player, think about it. Do you see how Phil Jackson's treating Kristaps Porzingis and Carmelo Anthony, uh, the two best players on the team? What makes you think they're going to want to come to New York if you see how they're getting treated? Absolutely. Like, and, and I totally agree with that. Like, don't get me wrong. I think – I think the way Phil Jackson has handled, honestly, kind of both of these situations has been bad, particularly the mellow one. Um, I don't think this is quite, like, I don't think this is even close on the same level as how he handled the Carmelo Anthony situation. Yeah, that's, um, and not, yeah, really from a, not really from, like, a like an emotional standpoint or, like, a moral aptitude standpoint, but just from a practicality standpoint. Like, if you're getting these kinds of offers for Kristaps Porzingis, then just as far as, like, uh, as far as logistics, then, you know, he's not he's not messing up that bad. But he really messed uh, up with yeah, Melo I mean, because yeah. he, totally, he totally decimated any amount of trade value that the guy has. So, yeah, like, it, to me, like, <laughs> I think Phil just operates too much out in the public. And, like, if you look at usually the best GMs, the trades that happen are the ones that, like, we don't even yep. hear about until they're finalized. Like the two right. that we yeah. got the other day yeah. with the Hawks and with the uh, with the Lakers and the Nets picks. Out of nowhere. Yeah, like, and that's that's how it should operate. Like, like, like you, there were definitely some people talking about, like, 
oh, well, you know, the Lakers might be interested in moving, you know, somebody other than Brandon Ingram to get rid of one of these contracts and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, like Magic Johnson came out and said, look, you know, Ingram's untouchable, but, you know, everybody else will, you know, figure things out. Like, so, you know, it's not like he's out there, like, lying and saying, you know, oh, we we love this guy, we wouldn't dare trade him, and then he trades him. So he he's not being shady about it, but he's also not, like, he's not putting it out there so that everybody's, like, talking about it, and then it becomes this big thing, and then maybe it, it becomes bigger than it is, and then your trade value goes down. It just doesn't need to be a media right. spectacle, and that's what Phil Jackson is doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and I, and I totally get that. Like I said, from a, from a perspective of – like having a guy like uh, like Phil Jackson running your organization, I I, I totally get it because I don't agree with how he like just operates in general. Um, I just I just don't think that. Um, I think a lot of people though are overreacting uh, to the notion that Porzingis could be traded. Like that's I mean, my only thing. You want to. Listen to all offers for any players. If a team calls you up and offers you a trade for, I mean, I don't care who it is, you're going to want to listen to it, and you're going to want to say, you know, think about what it's going to do for your organization, what's it going to do for your future, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, going out into the media and saying, look, I'm poor Zegas is open, um, I'm listening to offers, I mean, I don't think that's the best way to handle it, and – Honestly, I just think that, you know, like I said before, kind of just destroyed all the team chemistry and culture and not going to help free agents at all coming to the New York. So well, that's just not my problem. You, I mean, you you very well may be right on that assertion. Like, it's certainly not helping you in the short term, but you have no, like, there's no free agents coming in the short term anyway. Like the way to get out of this is to put a team together that starts winning and get anybody on the team off of it who is being a voice of dissension. And so like, like, go ahead. No, I was just saying a voice of resistance that they're not just not, they're not being team players, you know? Right. And, and like, and, and it's, it's not about like, like whether who's right or wrong, because like I, I am definitely on Carmelo Anthony's side, and I'm definitely on Kristaps Porzingis' side, like in in those particular issues. But like just because I take their side doesn't necessarily mean that like keeping them and trying to make them happy, even though they're they're being, uh, I mean like like Joel said, they're they're outwardly speaking out about the organization, like. I mean, they fucking threw Charles Arkley, Oakley out of the damn stadium because he said some bad things about the organization. Like, <laughs> what, I mean, of course they're going to entertain trade possibilities. And, like, and I'll pose a couple more things just real quick. One, like, I, I think it's really interesting, the whole Porzingis thing, because though Porzingis has, has certainly come into the league and developed – very quickly, like very, like much faster than anybody had any expectations for. Even when, oh, yeah. even when he came into the league, Phil said he was probably three to four years away, which is, you know, that's almost to me kind of why he drafted him because he saw him as as the heir apparent to Carmelo, um, and because he's been so quickly, like because he, he's 
he's been in the league for two years and already become such a good player. Um, now you're trying to now you're trying to work a lineup with Carmelo Anthony and Kristaps Porzingis in that same lineup, and it doesn't work. Like those two players don't play well on the court together. Um, so you've got that problem too. And like Phil tried all last year to trade Melo. Granted, he went about it in a completely terrible way, but he tried all last year to trade Melo. And now that he knows he can't trade Melo, like. Like, why not try to put together, like, put, put Porzingis. Like, if people are calling you about Porzingis, then go ahead and call him back and, and start start making other phone calls and saying, all right, we're, we're entertaining the idea now. And try to put together a team that can be successful with Melo for the, this season and, God forbid, next season if he opts in, but then be successful going forward. I don't want to do anything to to work around Melo anymore. That's that's done and over well, with. But but see that's I don't not care. that's I, not exactly what I'm saying though. Like I'm saying, put together a team that can be good going forward, but that can also like as a secondary thing that can also work with Melo. And what I mean by that is, don't go get another power forward. Like like get get like draft a power forward next year when you can get Melo off the books. But, like, you've got a reasonably good center. If you can get, like, you've got a, an okay shooting guard. Like, if you can get a, a one, a three, and then some other, like, prospects to go with that, like, I, I think that makes the most sense, particularly the point guard position. That's why that Phoenix pick looked good. I mean, that Phoenix trade looks good. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, the only thing about that to me is, like, like and and I get it. Like Chris is a good player, but again, you're dealing with a guy who's a four. When you know, yeah, he, but he'd be you're only gonna hamper. You're only gonna hamper his development and the team's development because you like unless you're just going to like cut Mello. But the thing is, like if you can like if you can buy out Mello, I would do that. I wouldn't cut him I'm, because then you got to pay him his player option too. You're talking about paying a guy like fifty five million dollars not to play for you anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's booty, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like it sucks. Like it just totally sucks. I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, if if things had had paced paced out differently, um, as far as like Porzingis and things like that, like, um, I think this this whole situation would be you know completely different. But no one could have foreseen. Well, two things. No one could have foreseen him making as big a leap as he did as quickly as he did. And two, I don't think anyone could see the game changing so much to where Melo couldn't comfortably play the three anymore. Like you can't I mean that, long that, first, at least. Say what now? I said at least not in big spurts and that's more of a based on occasion that he can do small forward. Now he's more of the prototypical current NBA Right. You know, the stretch yeah. four. You know? Yeah. And, you know, he's, I mean, he's like a Paul Millsap without defense. I mean, um, it's better score, but, like, yeah. what's that? Not, not as strong, you know. Doesn't rebound as yeah. well. Yeah. Right. Like, he's not as physical. He's better. He's a better scorer, but, you know, but, like, yeah, he's that kind right. of prototypical right. four. But, nevertheless, like, because, like, Porzingis is, like, the better version of that, then you're either trying to play Mello at three, which he doesn't really fit there, or you're trying to play Porzingis at five, and he doesn't really fit there. Like, 
Um, like, not saying he couldn't play the five if you were playing him next to a guy like a Julius Randle, who's like another, or a Paul Millsap, who's another like physical presence. Um, right. Or, or say Al Horford. Like, Al Horford, like, it doesn't really matter to me, like, which one you call a power forward and which one you call a center. But, like, he would need somebody like that to to really be beneficial around. And Melo and him just don't really work together on the floor. Right, right. So, like, it's just, it just sucks that you guys couldn't trade Melo for something. Like, just something. Like, it, it, it's utterly, it's really utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, well, only reason we can't trade, I mean, I think there is something we could do, is, but at this point, he, I don't know. I, I think it's he's tradable. He's still tradable. I don't think he's untradable. Yeah, see, I still, I still think, I still think the best, like, best trade to offer is go to to the Lakers and say we'll give him to you for uh, for Julius Randle and we'll take Lula Deng's contract. Like, it's right. to take Lula Deng's contract, but like, if you can get Melo off your team and get Julius Randle, like, that's not that bad. And and honestly, like, I think Julius Randle and Porzingis could operate a lot better together. Now, the only problem with that is, is then you have Hernan Gomez, who's now coming off the bench, when I think, honestly, I think he's a year away from being, like, a starting caliber center in this league. Um, So, you know, there's that that's a little concerning. But still, I still think it's a better situation. I get you. So... But it'll be interesting. So we got a minute until the draft starts. Everybody's on board, right? Uh, as far as who's going number one, that's going to be Fultz, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. You don't trade up to draft a position that you don't need. Um. So yeah. So we got we got Fultz number one, and we'll just kind of um for for the listeners, we'll we'll just kind of go through and give our prediction for each pick as they come. Um. So, like, once we get get to through number one, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll go on to number two um, and, uh, you know, give our predictions and kind of go down the line as such. So, also talking about the trades that happened. Didn't start. What's that? Also, we'd be talking about any trades that might be occurring during the draft. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot to be considered. I know one thing as far as like a um, that, that would actually a trade I heard that would Im- actually involve the draft is um, and of course this would be in lieu of the um, of the uh, uh, trade involving Porzingis, um, but I'm hearing that uh, Denver and Phoenix are in talks to uh, trade uh, Moutier and the number thirteen pick. For Bledsoe, what do you, what do y'all think about that trade, Joel? Uh, I don't know, man. I like uh, I, uh that's a hard one. <laughs> Bledsoe's a good pickup for Denver. You know what I mean? That's a great pickup for Denver because Moutier kind of didn't live up to his potential. At least that, what is it? What is it? Two years ago he got drafted. It wasn't like last year. Right? Uh, I, yeah, he got drafted two years ago now. Two years ago. It was, like the, took, it was the they took Jamal Murray last year. 
Right, right, right. Uh, so I'm thinking, maybe, well, I think it might be too soon to be giving up on Emmanuel Moutier, in my opinion. But I think, um, I don't, it's, it really depends on what they, they plan on getting with the 13th pick. Because that just means to me, I don't really know. I don't hate it, I guess, for for Denver and Phoenix. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't see, see I think... why they want to get, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think uh, I, I, I'm i kind of in the same boat as you are. I don't hate it for either team, but I don't necessarily think it's that much better for either team either, you know? Cause like, right, right. With, like, I, I understand that, you you know, Moutier hasn't exactly worked out, but Jamal Murray had, had – they played him at the point a little bit last year, and he did pretty well. Like, I don't know why you would want to bring in somebody who's going to steal away all those minutes. And then, right. you know, if you're looking at it from – from Phoenix's side, I like it a little better for Phoenix because um, I totally don't think they should re-sign um, Alex Lynn. Uh, like, well, I mean, he's just not not a player that I would be going after for, for a, an extension. So if you can right. get number 13, you can draft a center, which you like to yeah. back up Tyson Chandler. Because um, I think there'll be plenty of good centers available at 13. You know, Jared Allen, Jared Allen. Mike, Zach Collins could be there. Um, like, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of good Patton. players that'll be that'll be available there. Um, so, like, I could see that, and then you know, you just throw him in the mix with all those other other point guards, um, and then you know, probably I don't know, maybe that would also change what Phoenix wanted to do with the number four pick. Like, if they pulled that off, maybe they would want to take Fox instead of Tatum or, or Jackson. Right, right, right. I, but I think, probably I wouldn't. Think I would probably still that. just take Jackson and see what I could get with Moody, eh? Yeah, that's not... Uh, sure. But, yeah, Ricky, so, like, what, like, just kind of what... Do you kind of agree with what we were saying there? I mean, I liked it, the trade a lot more for Phoenix because, you know, you're embrace if that trade was to happen, you'd be embracing the youth movement more than what you are now because, you know, Eric right. Wetzel is kind of getting up there in age and, you know, he's he's kind of in his prime now. So, like, his path isn't fitting with the team. So getting rid of him and picking up a, a, a lottery pick for that. And then Moutier, yeah, he hasn't really lived up to his potential as of yet, but you know, crazier things has happened. He can develop a little bit more, and you know, maybe I think he can grow into a pretty solid, you know, point guard off the bench. So, um, yeah, I think it's a better trade for Phoenix. But I mean, Denver. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, Denver I is not getting I, robbed at all here. But yeah, and that's I mean, what I was gonna say. Like, I like I, I think we we all kind of lean towards Phoenix just because of what they're trying to accomplish. But if you're Denver, you were like one game away from one or two games away from making the playoffs last year. So, um, so yeah, right. I mean, it, it could work out for them. All right, here we go. Adam Silver with his bald fucking head and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's a goofy boy. looking guy, man. He's like, just a real really goofy is. looking dude. Hello. Getting booed already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're the booze. 
the the best thing about the draft is the is presentation and the fans. Like it's so brilliant. I love it. Right. Is this at Barclays or, or Madison Square Garden or where? I think Barclays. it's Barclays. Barclays, yeah. Yeah. That's where it's been for like the last three or four years. This is such a weird thing to come out here and say. It's like he's trying to defend their super team by saying they drafted most of their guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now he's yeah, getting no, other people. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Who saw that coming? <laughs> Nobody. I don't think Isaiah Thomas saw that shit coming, man. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Okay. And why? We know what it is. I hate the fact that makes it late. Like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, well, they give every team five minutes, so. We've known for two days who they're going to pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, they should just they should just walk out of there and, like, immediately and be like, yeah, we don't need that time. We we got it. Both them and the Lakers, <laughs> Like you're not you're not line. deliberating at that point. No, they're, they're, not, they're not talking. They're like, oh, no, no. they're twiddling their fingers right now, working on their second pick or whatever, second round pick. Yeah. All right. So, uh, um, do you guys want to? I think we're all consist consensus on um who they're gonna pick. But do you guys want to go around and say who you think they're gonna pick and why? Just for sure. We got every four. pick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure. We got four minutes. Why not? You started off, Ricky. All right. So, um, I mean, obviously, everybody's gonna pick Markel Fultz here, best player in the draft, six foot ten wingspan. Um, Arguably, you know, he's quick to the basket, uh, good in pick and rolls. You know, pretty much solid in everything. Not a great free throw shooter, and uh, I mean, he has defensive, um. Potential for sure, but he's not the greatest of the defensive players. One thing I will say with him that I do not like is he obviously doesn't have, you know, that great leadership role because you, you've seen, I, I know Washington went like 9-21 and 21 last season or something like that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. people said the same thing to Ben Simmons, and, you know, that's my one thing that I don't like about him because the rest can get better. Like his defensive consistency can get better. His – um uh free throw percentages can get better. But that he's not really a natural born leader and that's something I think Philly needs. But all around, I mean great player, good passer, good three point shooter, um good handles, good I mean pretty much good at everything. So I mean I think he's the obvious pick here. But uh yeah, so Nick Doyle, you wanna give yours? Yeah, I mean obviously I, I agree with you. I mean he's definitely the obvious pick and pretty much universally considered the number one prospect in the draft. I mean, there's very few people who consider him not to be. I am kind of one of them, and and I just – I know it's crazy, but I I just – I got a feeling about Lonzo Ball. I just think Lonzo Ball is going to be, like, that guy. Um, But, like, nevertheless, I still think if you're Philly, you take Fultz because he fits with with you better. And the difference between them to me is – I got What's an update. That? I got an up, I got an update. Ooh. I got an update. 
All right, so according to Mark Stein, the Wolves are close to acquiring Jimmy Butler from Chicago, according to league sources. Wow. Dude. Wow. Wow. Does it, does it have does it have any like are there no details yet other than what we've already heard earlier? Somebody is guessing Levine done in the number seven pick, but that's only a guess. No one knows for sure. That's I mean, a good, that's a good trade for, for them, man. I mean, I'd still ask for a future pick. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, shit. Who saw that coming? <laughs> <laughs> man, look right at there. that bow tie, man! <laughs> oh, dude, you see Lavar? He got that big ball of brand tie. <laughs> oh boy, he's coming up next. Don't worry, about it. <laughs> <laughs> dude. I just, I kind of want to just see like Lonzo, like look at Lavar and just like point to the stage, like when he gets selected, and be like, "You want to, you want to do this?" <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, as far as faults, I, I agree with like I, I think he's he's definitely the pick to go with. Um, and as far as the leadership skills, I think that's going to fall on Embiid. Like I think Embiid has has kind of embraced the role as the leader of that team. Um, yeah. And I think I think his energy and like as long as he can say healthy, man, this team's going to be good. And like I know I've mentioned to this to you before, Ricky, and I mentioned. Uh, to Joel recently, um, like Sixers are like my second favorite team. So like, um, I feel like if my Hawks are about to go into a rebuild, like I'm really hoping that the Sixers are going to do well so I can have at least one good team to root for, you know? Um, right. It's kind of like with you, Ricky, like at least you got Houston, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. You're you're a senior, you're you're a monogamous NBA fan. I really am. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll try to find a team on the West Coast sometimes to like, but you know it doesn't always pay off because they usually they get good and then I don't like them anymore. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, like Golden State. Like who didn't like yeah. Golden State back in like 2014, 2015? Like everybody exactly. did. Like or at least exactly. I loved them, man. I loved their like the way they played. And then, like I even I even rooted for him last year, like when they were going like, and then, and then when LeBron won his first championship in Cleveland, like I wasn't really disappointed. I was like, awesome, nice, like that's that's great. And then you know this past year when they got Durant, it was like, well, fuck you guys, I can't root for you anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't think really I was, anybody I was, I was done with them last year. <laughs> I was like, all right, they broke the record. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. See, I was all about it though. I like, I like things like that. Like, you know, I hate the Patriots, but the one time I rooted for the Patriots was when they were about to go nineteen and zero. Like, yeah, that, like I just if for no other reason, so that every like damn year a football team goes like thirteen and zero. ESPN doesn't bring on Mercury Morris from the Miami seventy-two Miami Dolphins to talk about. Well, they're never as good as us because we did it first. Like, uh, shut up. You don't know, bro. That was the best moment of my life was to watch that team lose that year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Are you? You're a Giants fan, aren't you? 
That's right. I am a Giants fan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man. I, 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 I it's a, it's kind of a small victory then, like for me, since uh, I'm a Falcons fan and fuck the Patriots. Almost, but. buddy. <laughs> Almost there. Almost. Yeah. Well, of course she's in hand grenades, man. <laughs> okay, um, guys. So, uh, so the second pick. Yeah, go ahead, up. Ricky. I was just about to do that. Go ahead. Um, Los Angeles Lakers. I'm pretty sure this is going to be consist- consensus too. Uh, Lonzo Ball, hometown kid from UCLA. Good passer. Good basketball IQ. Great court vision. Um, can shoot. Good. Good three point shooter. Nothing really off about him. The only concern I have is LeVar and all the bad attention he's going to get. But, I mean, as a player, great player, great fit with the Lakers. He just trades with D'Angelo Russell. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah, much all me, that's, Yeah, that's the most telling thing is, that, like, you don't trade D'Angelo Russell if you're not taking ball. So, like, right. I mean, I think that put any rumors to rest about them not taking him, which I, I kind of thought all along, like, I was kind of with Colin Coward. Like, they're they're going to take ball. Like, they're just trying not to telegraph that they're going to take ball, which is smart. Like, you don't want people to know exactly what you're thinking. So, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think he makes the most sense. Um, they obviously need a point guard now, and I'm just super high on the kid. I think he's going to be great. Um, and I'm not even concerned about his dad. My biggest concern is his athleticism and can he defend – um, other elite point guards. Like, that'll be the thing to me. Or, at the very least, can the team put the right personnel around him to kind of hide that defensive liability? Right. Kind of like the Celtics do with Isaiah Thomas. Right. Well, uh, update, update. You ready? Yes. Okay, so basically what I was mentioning before, the, what I was hearing, remember I said it was like Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number seven mm-hmm. pick, apparently that's exactly the offer that's being considered for Jimmy Butler. So it's it's still not confirmed yet, but it's being considered. It's got, so apparently the deal has been agreed in principle. Agreed to in principle? I wonder, like, you know what, I bet, I wonder if, 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 you know, a, a lot of times with these draft day trades, they can be like, well, we're going to wait and see what ends up at number seven, and if what we want at number seven ends up there, then we can go ahead and agree to this deal in principle, you know? Right, right. So that means the Bulls right. get the number six pick, motherfucker. They're right. They jumped right in front of us. Uh, and the Wolves get the number seven, the number 16 pick in the deal, apparently. Ooh, ah, that's that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that. If you're taking last year's number what five pick, this year's number seven, and you're getting Zach Levine for Butler and the number sixteen. Yeah, yep. I mean, I'm, I feel like you probably could have got that with like giving them number thirty-eight or whatever they got in the second round. Oh, oh here, but, we go. here we go. He gonna drop that ball. It's a secret. All right, here we go. Holy yeah. shoot! <laughs> Dude, look at Lamar's face, man. He's the happiest man on the planet. <laughs> I wanted to do the pick for Lamar's face, not Lonzo's face. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Alright, so so far we're doing good. Um so good pick. Everybody agree? Good pick for the Lakers. Oh yeah. Dude, that's that that's yeah. the, the obvious choice. And regardless of whether they even had Russell or not, I still would have taken Paul and tried to work Russell at the two. Um but I, I think they were smart for getting rid of Russell simply because then you got kind of if you keep him you got two people in the backcourt who are kind of defensive liabilities. Um, yeah. So I think the fact that they went ahead and moved him when they did and could move Mozgov's contract to get, you know, a pick that they can use later. Um, there will be a few wing players right around that 27-28 pick. I could certainly see them taking one. Um, either that or, or, you know, maybe taking another point guard if you're going to try to run Jul- um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clarkson at the two. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm higher on Russell than I am on Ball, but, I mean, personally, I would have just kind of traded down. But, you know, it's just the preference. And if you were going to trade Russell and you were really that high on Ball like the Lakers are, then, you know, dumping Moscow's contract was the best way. You know, the best right. way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, we got the Celtics up next at pick three. Uh, mm-hmm. Joel, we haven't really heard from you that much. Who do you got from the Celtics picking at three? Celtics pick at three. Uh, I, all, all day, hearing, like, not day, the last couple of days, I've been hearing uh, Tatum. And I didn't know yeah. if I liked that at first. I'm like, why Josh Jackson over Tatum, considering that Josh Jackson seems the most popular. The most popular of all the teams uh, in the draft saying, oh, they like him the most, even though they weren't going to draft him for some parent reason. Mainly because they, they already have that filled up. But Tatum seems like a good pick for Boston if it's not Josh Jackson. Um, he fits probably a little bit better in terms of – because I think Tatum can actually play the four in a small ball lineup, which yeah. he can definitely use. You know what I mean? I definitely and I, I, I kind of see a little bit of mellow in Tatum. You know, I see it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I agree. Go ahead, Ricky. Yeah, I definitely agree because, you know, um, I wouldn't take Jackson here. Uh, I have Jackson as my second best prospect in the draft, even ahead of ball. Personally, I like Jackson's game a lot. But as a Celtics, if you're keeping the pick and you're not trading it away, I think right. Tatum's the best bet because, you know, Jackson is basically Jalen Brown. From last year, I mean, they're pretty much kind of you know the same mode of play. So getting Jason Tatum, uh, more offensive minded, not really the like athletic freak that Jalen Brown and and uh, Josh Jackson are. Um, like you said, very comparable to Melo. Could play the stretch four in some occasions. Uh, plus the small ball four. Uh, pretty good three point shooter. Good facilitator. Um, he's getting better at the threes. Good size, you know. You just got to keep adding to your strengths and, you know, keep developing that three-point shot, and, you know, you're pretty much golden. I think that's the perfect pick for them is Tatum. But, I mean, if you wanted to go Jackson and, you know, have just an athletic lineup around uh, Thomas, you know, Bradley, Jackson, Brown, Crowder, you know, all those guys, and you go ahead and do that. But, I, like I, like you said, Jason Tatum's the best pick right here. For me, anyway. yeah, I agree. I mean, I got, I got. If if they're keeping the pick, I say take Tatum. Or you know, I threw out 
uh, the other day, guys, the possibility of them taking Tatum and then trading down to six to get Isaac and then moving up in the second round because the Magic have the 33rd and 35th pick in the second round. Um, so I still think that's a possibility. It saves about $1.5 million for their cap, helps them, again, helps them go get Hayward. Um, but, like, I, I think if they take Jackson, because Jackson didn't even work out. Why is why is LeFleurball talking while Watson's just sitting there? <laughs> Uh, that's so typical. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. I, I I think if they take Jackson, I think that means that they think that there's a deal to be worked out with for Porzingis. Um, yeah. If they if they take Tatum, I think that means there's nothing going to happen between the Celtics and the Knicks as far as Porzingis. Um, I, I, that's just the only reason that I could see them taking Jackson. It's like, well, we'll take him and we'll try to see if we can make this deal work. But, you know, if we can't, it's, it's not the end of the world. We still have a good prospect. Um, but for all the reasons you mentioned and, and the ones that I did, I think Tatum is probably, probably the guy. So another all-around pick from us, picking the same guy. So, I mean, also another guy I could think of maybe is Willie Markkinen. Uh, a little no. bit of a stretch. Very much a stretch. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't see any chance of that happening. Yeah, I mean, oh, here we go. Here's the, the, here's the details. Now. Yeah, I love it, man. Joel, you're all on top of this shit. Hopefully people are uh, are tuning in here because they're getting the information a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is probably my, my most uh, anticipated pick. Most anticipated pick. I already know mine, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, the 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 cool thing is it gets interesting after five. Mm. It sure does. But I think I, I, I think the top five are set as far as the players that go. Now, you, if you see Jackson go here, you can see Tatum go at four. And if Tatum goes here, Jackson goes at four. But, like, I, you know, the Magic could – they could do something crazy at six. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Well, we'll see. Now that the Bulls are fucking seven, I'm kind of confused at what that's going to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Yeah, I'm not even I'm not even on that, like, wave yet. <laughs> All right, here we go. There it is. <laughs> Y'all are safe, like dude. It. No porcelain god on the move. I like it. I like it. I'm good. I'm good. Good pick. Good pick all around. I like it. Yeah, and I think, I think too, like you pointed out, I think one of the biggest reasons to get him is – you, he's a better scorer, and like you said, he's a little bigger. Like, I mean, they're the same height, but uh, Tatum just has that build that that he can he can get. Like, he can get. He's going to be a little bigger, a little slower, but a little bigger. Going to help him be able to play a small ball four. And he's he's got I think three or four inches on Jackson as far as wingspan. So. Um, and, and Tatum's no slouch of a defender. Like, he, he he wasn't a bad defender. He was coming off an injury early with Duke. I 
he's he's got a good work ethic. He he works hard. I think he's going to work out very well in Boston. Um, it's just like when you're comparing when you're comparing anybody in this draft to Josh Jackson, like nobody's as good as a defender as Josh Jackson, except for maybe De'Aaron Fox. Right. Or or uh, Nidalina or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Our boy. Who like we yeah. all love Noah Kina, right? Like every single one of yeah. us. Yeah. Noah Kina's my dog. I would take honestly, and I know this sounds crazy. I I would take Noah Kina at five. I would trade down. Oh. I, I like I would try to trade down to get him. But if I had the number five pick, I would totally take like I think Noah Kina Over is the fifth Fox? best prospect in this draft. Huh? Over the Over Fox? Fox? Absolutely. Wow. Darren Fox, Fox has no shot. He like Darren no, Fox would have been the number one overall pick like five years ago. Like, because he's like a Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, same thing, he can't shoot. That's why that's why once he got hurt, he's never been able to recover because he has no shot. Like it's the same thing right. with Rubio. That's why Rubio's not valuable at all. Because he can't shoot the ball. So, like, unless right. De'Aaron Fox, like, just vastly improves somehow his shooting, he's never going to be that good. He's going to be super athletic. And, he like, and he might be, like, he might be really good early on, like, while he still has all of his athleticism. Um, but I think long term, like, I'll, I'll take my chances with Frank Nilakita. Hmm. I like the way you think. <laughs> So, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, hold on, hold on. I got a report. I got a report. Are you ready? Oh, oh. All right. Well, I got my, all right. So, Indiana and Boston are engaged in serious talks on a Paul George trade. Wow. Wow. That's oh, crazy. shit. Do you think I don't know. Dude, man. I see, but then you can't get Hayward. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work, bro. I'm just reporting. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, well, I guess you could still get Hayward, but it would be so tricky at that point to move the contracts around in order to get him. Like, oh, God, that would be so hard. Because Paul George is making like $20 million next year, and they only have about $24, $25 million in cap space. So the amount you would have to clear after that is just mind-bending. I feel you, I feel you. All right, so who we got for four? Josh Jackson. Easy. Yeah, Josh yeah, that's Jackson. Pretty, that's not really an argument, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it would get... be somewhat novel to see Markinen get to stay in, in Arizona, but there is no chance. Markinen is not going to be – he's going to be like the number 10 pick. Yeah, I got Markinen <laughs> higher than most guys. Uh, I think Markinen's – one of the better players in this draft. So I think he could be one of the players that a team will reach on. Maybe it's just me being high on players because, you know, when I'm high on players, it normally doesn't work out. You, I know Nick knows from me from last year talking <laughs> about Dallas yeah. and, uh, and Jaron Grant. Yeah, we were both years big ago. on Luau, man, and, and he didn't do yeah. shit. <laughs> I know. I, I So me – Looking for talent's not the best, but marketing, you know, one of my favorite players in the draft, so that's why I haven't won so high. Before, yeah, Josh Jackson, small forward, athletic, uh, pairing him up with Booker and Bledsoe if you keep Bledsoe. 
uh, you know, Marquis Chris, Dragon Bender, you just add that young small forward to your young four already and run with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's absolutely the way to go. And, you know, Chris played a little bit of uh, center last year, so I could even see them when they run a small ball unit if, if Bender takes that step this year, um, which, I mean, I think – I mean, he had a very disappointing first season, um, but I, I think he was always kind of projected to be one of those guys that was going to take a few years. Um, so if you could take that step this year and you can, you can trade Bledsoe – and get somebody younger, like, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, 46 seconds till we know Josh Jackson's going Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Want to start trying to figure out what Sacramento is. After this pick, it should be starting to get interesting after this. I think I think it starts getting interesting at six. I think Fox is a lot for five. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I, – I think it's an obvious choice. Uh, Fox is uh, going to be five. But, yeah, it's Josh Jackson, then De'Aaron Fox, then things get a little crazy. Yeah, because, I mean, the Magic, man, they got a lot of options. There we go. Woo! There it is. Look at that hair. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to have, like, the two hair bros, like, because uh, Jaron Fox will be up next, and he's got that uh, that crazy hair, too. So does uh, this guy. What's his name? Uh, uh, Isaac. Fuck the weird hair. Dude, Isaac. I don't like Isaac a lot, man. I, like... I think the magic will be a little crazy to pass on Isaac, but I agree. I agree. We'll we'll just we'll just see how much faith they have in Peyton, because I mean that's that's to me that's the kicker. Like, do they do they want to do they want to trust Peyton to go into his contract here and and play well? Um, he played really well at the end of last season, but but he's not a good shooter, and he's got to work on that. Like, I know. I know. So but I think I say it. I mean, Isaac fits our need more so than any point guard. That, they, I know they have mean. two reasonably good point guards. They do. That's why I think it's going to be Jonathan Isaac. I I think so too. Like I mean, that's who I have on my board. Um, and and because he's versatile and can play the three and the four, and he can guard every position. I mean, a guy is six foot eleven with a seven foot three wingspan. He can guard and he and he's quick. Like he was one of those guys who like like grew a ton at a late age. So like when he was younger, he played guard, and like he just adapted with his height to like play play bigger. Um, he obviously needs to put on some weight and some muscle, but like I mean I think that versatility and the fact that you don't have anybody who can back up your three or your four right now. Plug him in there and let him back up both positions and give him heavy minutes. Right. Uh, right. So we all got De'Aaron Fox. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see yeah, him I going mean, other places, but I'm pretty sure, you know, De'Aaron Fox, lock here, quick, athletic, passive. The only real thing that you need to improve on is his three-point shot, and the rest is 
pretty much good. And he so needs far, to so. greatly improve on his three-point shot. <laughs> I think he yeah. shot 27% from three last year. You got year. to surround De'Aaron Fox with shooters, man. That's it. Yeah, well, and, and Buddy Heald is that, you know, like – I mean, Buddy Hill's a good shooter. so And that's why I think, too, like, if they can manage to get uh, Semi Ojale, or however you pronounce that, at 34, because he's a good shooter. Like, he shot, like, 43% from three last year. Like, if they can get somebody just like him at the 34 spot who can play the three and, and knock down shots, like, they'll be, they'll be working with a decent young roster. For real, for real, yeah. and that's why I, that's honestly too why I think marketing makes sense for them at ten because he's another guy who can hit shots. Yeah, I got another update. I got another update. Ooh, nice. Okay, so apparently Boston and Indiana's talks for Paul George has gained significant momentum, but sides are still apart on a possible deal. I don't think it's a smart deal. I mean, imagine if you if you trade your number three pick for Paul George, and then Paul George right. leaves and goes to L.A. next year. Like, that doesn't like, matter. I bet you wouldn't even be able to get Hayward if you did that. Yeah. 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 Not, o- yeah not only – not yeah, exactly. Not only could he walk and go to your biggest rival, <laughs> and, and he grew up in L.A. It's not like he just, like, wants – to go play there for no reason, like he's a Lakers fan. Like, like I don't, right? I, I don't make that deal if I'm Boston. I just think that's a really bad deal. I agree. I mean, especially if they can get, like, if they can sign Hayward, and like not not make any big moves. Like you could, right. you you well you could have could have put a package together for Jimmy Butler. (laughs) Once upon a time, that doesn't matter. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah, that's out the picture. That's it. Everybody trying to go in. He got his new team. He going to Minnesota with the Young Bucks. Well, Young Wolves. I'm sorry, the puppies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So do you think – I got a question. Do you think he'll play the two or the three there? Who? Butler. Because you got Butler Wiggins. I mean, the, I think uh, Butler will play the three. Wiggins will move down to the two. Gotcha. Or, I think makes sense. I, I I just think it'll be easier for Wiggins to guard guards and small forwards because he's still kind of thin. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I think that that by the way that is like the funniest commercial. Like every time I see that commercial, the the dad's commercial, the, the father's dad commercial, uh, uh, dude, yeah. so hilarious. <laughs> the end is what like makes it like after all the shit ball says, then Jason Taylor just say, yeah, I'm fishing. I mean, we used to go fishing. <laughs> so good, like that is comedic gold. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, like uh, oh, well, we got the Kings coming up here. Better watch. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So we got Isaac, right? Wow. Billis. Oh, yeah. Jay Billis. Did y'all see that just now? Jay Billis has uh, Luke Kennard as number seven on his board. I don't see that at all. No. 
I mean, I don't know. he's risen on my board a lot. Like, I had him as late as, like, early 20s earlier. Oh, here it is. Here we go. What's this? No, this oh, is the old one. Yeah, gotcha. Now this is, what are we looking at? This is Kings, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to yeah. myself. Yep. Hell yeah, they do. There, look at that. Look at that. Look at that hair, man. I'd be happy because I'm in California. <laughs> it's still fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Sacramento, which like, I mean, is, I mean, it's better than Fresno, but like, or Temecula. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll take it. So we got the magic up next. Yep. Magic like magic. Ricky, do you think? Do you think they do Isaac, or do you like? Do you think maybe they like try to reach for someone like like uh, like Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I don't like Alfred Payton at all. Um, I think you move on from him and draft the point guard, especially with this guard draft. Or I mean, I mean I wouldn't go through that. No, Fournier is pretty good, but uh, yeah, I'd reach maybe Frank Ntilikina, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, someone like that. The only reason I say that is because, you know, Aaron Gordon is at power forward position. You got Vucevic at the center. I mean, yeah, Isaac can play the small forward, but, oh, man, I, I just see point guard as the biggest need for them, honestly. I don't. I like the point guards in this draft, but personally, I would go the Tilakina, but, I mean, if they went Isaac, I wouldn't be mad. So, either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a valid point, and I think there is some something to say for going with with Nilakina over um, over Smith just because because he's six foot five with a seven seven foot wingspan or close to it, he can play the two, and so you don't really have anybody on that roster right now who's a formidable backup two except for Terrence Ross, who you're asking to start at the three right now. So, like, I mean, I, I unless Hazonia just like just changes the fucking stars, <laughs> like, um, but I mean, I don't, I don't see that happening, man. He is not, he has not played well at all up to this point. Um, I that, that so I was another that. one of my prospects that I had very high on his draft, and you know, he didn't pan out either. So, yeah, I, I didn't have him as high as they took him. Right. I, had it, I, think I, had him, I think I had him like top 12, though. And obviously, he wasn't that. But I'm glad they didn't now, looking back. Yeah. No kidding. But I got Jonathan. I think the fuck, the Magic needs scoring more than anything. You know? And I think Jonathan Isaac does a little bit of everything. So it helps out. He has a lot of upside, too. Yeah, he's he didn't score a lot in college, but he but he has a good shot. That's the thing. Like, yeah. it's not that it's not that he can't score. Like, he only averaged I think twelve points a game, but they didn't right. need him to score. Like, I think I think Isaac, like you said, because he's so versatile, he can do so many different things that a team needs. Um, and like, I mean, I just think that's something that's just so valuable. Um, and his versatility is just is crazy crazy valuable and I feel like too if you draft him like I said he can play either three or the four back you up there and then if he does play the three and you're needing to rest 
uh, Fournier, you can play Ross a little bit at the two. So because Ross has that 2-3 versatility, you get a guy who has 3-4 versatility, you're filling out your roster nicely. Um, I, I just think at the point guard position, like I'm just personally not re- ready to give up on Peyton. I mean, he, he, he was like c- closing in on triple doubles for the like last month of his uh, season last year. Like, I mean, he I like was, like, a consistent, like, 18-point, eight-board, seven-assist kind of guy. And, like, yeah. yeah, I do, too. I mean, the thing is with Peyton, he's just inconsistent. Like, yeah. he's not a particularly good free-throw shooter. He's not a particularly good uh, three-point shooter. So he's got to work on those two things. Um, but, like, I, 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 was, I don't know if I would – Given their other positional needs, I don't know if I would would reach. But I do think Ricky has a point, though, in that you don't always get a draft class like this where there are so many elite point guards. I think next year in the top ten, like currently, obviously the rankings will greatly change by the time we get to the draft next year. But next year's top ten right now, there's one or two point guards in it. And I think the highest one is number six. Um, on uh, on uh, draft uh, NBA draft dot net. So like, if if you if you're looking ahead and you're like, well, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get another point guard of this caliber anytime soon. Maybe you do take a point guard. But you don't. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, Jonathan Isaac definitely. Who's next? Chicago, right? Yeah. By the way, that was Billis' best available. That's why they had um, Kennard at seven, I think. Right, 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 right. Because it was, it was already taking everybody else who'd been drafted off the board. That's why it was so high. True, true. Yeah, I actually think – I think uh, it'll be interesting, but I think given the um, – Howard trade, you, you could see Kennard go at 11. But uh, we'll see. All right, 15 seconds. So everyone has their pick? Yep. You and me are Isaac. Isaac, Isaac. And yeah. Wow. And so we're going to have, so we're going to be, I guess, picking for the Bulls for seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. With okay, Magic, so my, my prediction is Dennis Smith Jr. and you, and you two are Jonathan Isaac, correct? What? Uh, yeah, I thought you said Nilakina, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Dennis for you, and then, um, yeah, Isaac for both of us. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. I don't know. I think Ricky got like the first thirteen picks right last year, so. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Nice. I love it. All three of the dudes with the crazy hair all in a row. <laughs> and I like this, too. I mean, I know I, I, I've mentioned this at, at at a point of exhaustion, but I'm going to say it one more time. I still like, if I'm Boston, I'm still looking at that right now and, and calling up Orlando and saying, dude, like, Jonathan Isaac, good choice, but wouldn't you rather have Jason Tatum? We'll take Isaac. He give us a couple better, then we'll swap our our second round picks so we can get some better second round picks to fill out our roster. Like, I just think that's a smart move, and it saves you some money for Hayward. 
And don't go get Paul George. <laughs> don't do it. That would be so stupid. <laughs> so we're saying, so we're pleading for the Bulls here, correct? Yeah. Do what now? All right. So, Nick, Joel, who you got for the Bulls? Fuck, man. I'm going to need a second to think about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Cause they got they they got back done they got back Levine. I, there's no real small forward that they should they should pick at this at this spot. So maybe you go big, maybe you go marketing or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, as much as I don't like marketing, this kind of whole thing changes because marketing would match up really well with Lopez because Lopez right. is no, is like a, a great paint protector, which is the kind, like, that was the, and, and he's, he's, it, he's really athletic, and, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, throwing shade at Carl Anthony Towns, I love Carl Anthony Towns, but Carl Anthony Towns is athletic, but he's not mobile, like, he's slow-footed, right. you know, he's your typical, which is why I think Isaac was, would have been such a good pick for them at seven, um, right, but I didn't like, I didn't like Laurie Markkinen, um, but I, now that it's, it's Chicago, you don't like you said you don't have a three. You know, I mean, there's just not really a three that you can go to for that pick. Yeah, I, I like that. I actually do like that. Now, I, I I'll agree with you on that, Joe. I think Larry Markkinen might be the guy here. Yeah, see, sounds good like, to me. Well, I don't, I don't regulate them. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you all know I'm really high on marketing, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it just seems like the right kind of fit, you know? And you know what? Yeah. Like, Mark is probably the happiest motherfucker alive right now. He's like, I just moved up, like, three or four spots in the draft, and I get to go play in Chicago. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> Made his day. Yeah, you know, of course, we're assuming now that they take him because it just makes so much damn sense. Yeah. But also, you know, the other, the, other big, the other big plus to that, you got Portis signed on for two more years. You don't have to bring back Nikola Miritich, who yeah, plays good for like a month out of the season. <laughs> like, true. I'm trying to think. Oh my goodness! All right, so yeah, you basically because I kind of had marketing maybe going to Sacramento. So now, yeah, now that with Chicago there, it makes a lot of sense. He moves up like three spots. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see though. We'll see. This will be interesting. This will be really interesting to see how if if Markinen moves up, this could be this could be really really interesting to see what happens with uh, uh with Sacramento at their number ten pick. Yeah, you know, I don't like, think he goes that far. Maybe if, I mean, I think this I'm is how it's going to go. Ready? This is my prediction. We got all right. Who's next? Oh, Chicago. All right. So let's say marketing goes seven. I think mm-hmm. the Knicks, Knicks go Nilakina eight. I think Dallas goes Dennis Smith, and Sacramento goes Malik Monk. Put those boys together. What you think? I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, my only hangout there is you already have Buddy Heald. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think I could see them going Zach Collins. But man, it would be so hard to pass on Malik Monk at ten. Like, God, that would just be so crazy hard to do. 
Yeah. yeah. I, and I still think it depends. I still think it kind of depends. Like, put it this way, I mean, if you could get, like, if you're the Knicks and you can can kind of figure out that trade situation uh, with, uh, with Phoenix now, because they got Josh Jackson, and you could draft right. Malik Monk and get, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bledsoe. Yeah. Like you get Bledsoe and you could get uh, uh, Marquise Chris to go along. Like, oh, God. See, that's making it like, that's that's making it like all the more like satiable to me if you're Phil Jackson. Like, yeah, no. Because like now you, now you, I I don't think there's any chance Malik Monk goes here because you just got, you just picked up Levine. And so, I mean, I think he'll clearly be available at eight. I think it'll be interesting. I I could see them going Malik Monk, but I I still tend to think they're probably going to go Nilakina. I I definitely think they're going Nilakina. Too much much status about the boys. And I like it. The the Knicks played their best ball during European ball. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, what about this? And and I don't think I certainly don't think that um that uh Phoenix would do this. But what if you what if you drafted Monk and then you kept the same trade for Zingas for Bledsoe uh number 3 and Chris, but then you said we'll throw in Malik Monk but we want Booker. Oh, I'd take that in a heartbeat, but I just don't think Phoenix would. Phoenix no, I don't think they would either. They wouldn't give up Booker. I don't think they so either, not. but they like. I mean, I, yeah, good and, yeah, yeah, yeah. They love I mean. Booker. I mean, and he's such a he's such like, and I know this is kind of cliche, but he's such a like pivotal part of that community. All right, here we go. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, there it is. So yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense in that regard. Like going to Chicago, mm-hmm. now you don't have to bring back Miritich. Now they're just—they're yeah. honestly just gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do with the three. Because right now yeah. all you got is Paul Zipser, <laughs> and that ain't—that uh, ain't holding down the fort at that position. Yeah, baby, Zipser is going to be all-star next year. <laughs> I think he was like the 48th pick last year's draft. <laughs> Yo, make that – just put, give Valentine some minutes, bro. I, I don't see why they weren't playing him. I, I like that kid. I don't know. Oh, he's all right. I, I mean, I saw him play a little bit. He he never really – he kind of reminds me of uh, DeAndre Bembry from my Hawks. Like, he played okay for, like, three minutes at a time, but, like, when you kept him on the court for too long, he just made too many mental errors. Yeah, I got you. All, all right, right so, so this is the one we've all been waiting for. Okay, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm i still going to go Nilakina. I, I just I yeah, feel I like Nilekina. that's Bill's kind of guy. He likes those tall guards. And that, and honestly, oh, yeah. that's another reason too why I could see him not wanting to go with Monk, because not only is Monk not tall, but he's also not even a point guard, you know. He's so, not. and yeah, I I think Nilakina is going to go here. I really do. And we've yeah, been talking about how Phil Jackson loves his European players. 
Mm-hmm. He likes his big point guard. This and this guy's yeah. a big ass point guard. <laughs> yeah, he oh, likes yeah, his Ron Harper's man. He does. He yeah. Does. So, Super athletic. Yeah. Gonna have to bring him along, but I think long term he pairs up really well with Porzingis. Um, and if you like, if you if you have, if Nilakina turns out to be as good as I think he will be, and you pair him with Porzingis. And then Hernan Gomez. I mean, you got to fill out the rest of your roster, but I mean, that's not that's not a bad start. We got. They're still going to be. They're still going to be abysmal for like three more years, though, at least. Two, baby, two. We got two (laughs) abysmalness in two years. (laughs) Uh, maybe, maybe. Oh, brothers! Oh, brothers! So yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm, so we're all in agreement that it's gonna be Nick, Nilakina. Is that what we're yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, the so only other option. Billis has is... him right now. Billis has him as the sixth best available person to take right now. Yeah, sixth I don't best? think that at all. Yeah, well, y'all know I don't think that, man. I mean, Donovan Mitchell from Louisville, of course, my favorite college, but uh, Donovan Mitchell is no way near Nilakina's level. I like Donovan. Yeah. Too, but he's a smaller version, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like him a lot, obviously, but, like, I just don't see Donovan Mitchell as that, you know, franchise changing player or an all star like I do Frank Nolakina. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, you, you, you don't reach that far down to take someone like Donovan Mitchell. Like, I think if you don't go with Nolakina here, you have to either go with. Smith or Monk. That's those are right. the only three options. Yeah, if you don't pick one of those three people, you are a fucking idiot. You know. <laughs> I mean, I but hey, it is Cooks. <laughs> yeah, as I said, I, I hope to God. I mean, the one person they I would pick Max take is Luke Kennard. Like, if they pick Luke Kennard, then I've done being a Knicks fan. Cause I heard there was uh, <laughs> like, no. like, I'm I'm a I'm a permanent Houston Rockets fan now, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, because like I heard there was a good workout with Nick and Luke Kennard. Um, I don't see it happening though. I hope it doesn't happen, but I know Phil Jackson. Yeah, that would that would be that would be really really stupid. Yeah, it really would. I think the only three choices here is Nilakina, Dennis Smith Jr., and Malik Monk. And out of those three, I just see Dennis Smith Jr. and uh, Frank Milikina as the two smart choices. Yeah, I've liked this pick for a while. I mean, I'd be happy with either. Oh, oh shit! We're came out quick. Time. They're like, no, just give it to us. He's, he has to go back to France. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Look at them. They're excited. I love it. They're like, yeah, we like these. We like these European players now. Nilakina. I like it, man. I think, I think I'm that's like the road. I just got the pick in. So, uh, yeah, great pick. I'm really excited. Really excited. Yeah, I mean, it's now. just to me, it's just the smartest move. Um, shit, you know, that's 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 just what man. What you should take now. Hey guys, guys. I'll give you Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. 
No, thank you. <laughs> oh, I've been trying. I've, I like that. man. I like Dennis Schroeder. Oh no, I love Dennis Schroeder. He's probably gonna be the best player we have on the fucking team next year. But um, that's all the more reason <laughs> oh. not to have him. Like we ain't anywhere close <laughs> to competing. Like if we don't bring back Millsap, which you know is probably not gonna happen. So. All right, so that honestly, I hope it doesn't happen. Like, like I'm done with mediocrity. Like, let's 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 get us a superstar, and you got to do that through the draft. At least you guys were fucking mediocre. Fucking look at that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, is with the Knicks, is like you should have been able to become mediocre at this point by now. (laughs) Welcome to the jungle, Frankie. I like it, man. I'm excited. I think uh, I think that was definitely the smart pick there. I do too. And now, um, and now, wait, wait. So now we got we got Dallas. Um, so the the Dirk Nowitzki light is off the board. Um, the uh, yeah, Nelikina's off the I board. Think, yeah, I think Nelikina was was rumored kind of one of their guys. I think it honestly comes down to two guys. I think it's either Dennis Smith Jr. or Malik Monk, and I'm leaning heavily towards Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I, am I don't too. think they have a lot of confidence in, in Yogi Ferrell to be a starting point guard um, in the league, and I don't blame him. Like, he was a great story last year. You know, he got those couple 10-day contracts, and he played, like, so well for like a seven game stretch. And so they gave him a nice two year deal. Um, but he's a backup point guard. He's not a guy who's, who, who you want starting on a, uh, on a playoff roster. Um, cool. Dennis Smith, I think totally is Yogi Ferrell. I don't, I mean, he's, he's a great I player. Want, he's just not, he's a, he, he's a really that, like, um, go ahead. Bingo. All I'll say is as long as Dennis Smith Jr. stays clear of his injuries, then uh, definitely, definitely all-star potential right there. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we all know about his ACL and uh, all the injuries like that. But stay clear of the injuries, his past injury concerns, you get over that. I think he's a clear pick here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm agreeing with you, Nick. Dennis Smith Jr. to the Dallas Mavericks. In, on, in July. And here's the big thing. Look at this yeah. fucking. You see this board here? The what the Nilaki, with Nilakina? Yeah. Fifty nine percent bust rate. Yeah, you see that shit? Fuck who the fuck is so, like who is who is deciding these figures? <laughs> Don't have a clue. Like I wanna I wanna see that same board for uh for um Giannis Antetokounmpo when he was drafted and see what the figure yeah. says, you know? Probably the same like, figure. I I guarantee you, if not worse. Like Yeah, it can't be that different, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I don't know, is Yeah, I mean I think I think honestly I'm not I'm super high on Nelakina. I don't think he's gonna be like on his Kuba level, but I also don't think he's gonna be like Dante Exum bus level. I like he's gonna be better than that, you know. Hey, they're yeah. doing them now. Let's go, Frankie. It's our dream too, Frankie. <laughs> yeah, you know what he's what he's saying in his head though. 
uh, just hoping we get Phil Jackson out of front office, <laughs> like <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> He's got to go home. Maybe, maybe they should just maybe they should get Phil an assistant GM who makes all the transaction moves, and then just let Phil draft. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, well, what, what does this guy do? Well, I can't remember his name right now. He has a GM. <laughs> okay. Go get him, Frankie. I like his suit. I like his suit, too. Yep, he's got to go play a player. He's got to go finish the game. He's going to yeah. win that French championship game. Let's go do it for a game. That would be a good story. I would imagine too, if you're coming, if you're coming from France, like what, what city would you rather go to than New York City? You know, <laughs> like yeah. All right, Dennis Smith. There we go. Damn, dude, we are on fire, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Not one wrong pick yet. Well, oh, Phil Jackson's gonna talk shortly. Oh shit! I got news! I got news! Ooh! Please tell me oh, about you ready? Are you ready? No, I'm, I'm give me. I'm giving you ready. The yeah. Celtics have agreed. The Celtics have agreed to trade Jason Tatum, Avery Bradley, and Jay Crowder to the Pacers for Paul George. Oh fuck! Me, that's terrible. What? What? Oh, that's so bad. You said Jason Tatum, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder. Yep. For Paul George? Paul George, yep. A one-year rental. All that for a one-year rental. You don't know that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you don't know that. I mean, maybe... That's just such a big risk to me. That's so unlike Danny Ainge. I know, it's crazy. I, that, don't know what to think I mean, you. I, I get it because at some point you do have to cash in your assets. But I mean, I don't. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see why you would. I got another cash trade. I got another trade. I got another trade. You ready? All right. All right. Sacramento is trading the number ten pick to Portland. For number fifteen and twenty in the draft. Oh, not bad. I like that. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense because now they can get right. a small forward like further down the draft, and you know, um, I wonder who Portland's going to take. I'm I'm going to say probably Zach Collins, right? Wouldn't you think that would be the yeah. guy? I don't Gonzaga disagree with guy, that. so west, west, upper, like pretty, pretty close by. Um, they probably like want to get a big, uh, like a guy who can play the four and the five. Collins can do that. You can, you could probably pair him up with Nurkic, but he can also back him up when need be. But yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that's a smart trade for them. Yeah, I mean, I wish they got someone that could contribute right away, but. Zach Collins not a bad pick, so I'm with you, Zach Collins. Either that, the only other, I do see the possibility that perhaps you you take a shooting guard 
because you're you're trying to move Turner and uh, Kraft, but like, no. <laughs> I, I feel like you could have got a shooting guard at 15. I don't feel like you would have traded up to get. No, I feel like... Yeah, to get I Mitchell mean, or to guard. But you could get like Ter- think... you could get a Terrence Ferguson at 15. <clears throat> at this point, who would you really draft uh, trade up to draft? I mean. Zach Collins. I like think it's said, Zach Collins. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know if he was worth two picks over, but I mean, oh, either. <laughs> but whatever. But, I mean, yeah, I, it just—it really just depends. And here's the other thing, though, too, to consider: um, the uh, the Blazers have three picks in this draft, but only two open roster spots. So, right. like. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to me in the sense that, like, I mean, you were going to have to either cut somebody or draft and stash somebody, which I kind of liked the idea, like, on my big on my draft board, I had them taking Isaiah Hartenstein at 20 and then stashing him for a year. Because um, right. that made the most sense to me of how to manage that situation. Um I mean, it just kind of depends. I mean, if you're if you're sitting at 15 and then Jared Allen falls to 15, I don't necessarily think Zach Collins is that much better of a prospect than than Jared Allen, but he can't shoot. Like Jared Allen can't shoot, so yeah, 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 yeah. But again, we're assuming they're going to take Collins. I I mean, I I don't yeah. I don't necessarily know that that's a lock. I mean, really, the only two players I could see, well, seeing any team really trade up for is Zach Collins and Malik Monk, and I don't think Portland's going to trade up for Malik yeah, Monk because they got, you know, C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard already. Yeah, you know, maybe they do take Monk, though. <clears throat> I, I, I had I had forgotten that Monk was in order to be fucking taken. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, yeah, like that's great for Charlotte if that happens. Um, I mean, I yeah, I think uh, maybe I mean maybe they do take Monk and they, and they're gonna try to you know dump dump the salaries of Crab or or uh, Turner. I if mean, you, I'm all for like, as I, if, dude. If you took think about this, if you took Monk <laughs> and I'm offering to sign and trade you Paul Millsap for like assets for like. That your say let's say your twenty six pick and then two future first for to take those two shitty contracts off your books like and you can put Monk on there that could work really I mean if you take Monk you would like you said just use him as trade bait or um play him off the bench I just don't see him having a future there in Portland with McCollum and Willard. Well, I mean, he would be a six man. But here's the thing. Like, if you you are looking at moving, uh, say, Crabb and Turner, like, the thing with McCollum and and Lillard is each one of them plays point guard. Like, they back up each other at point guard, and then McCollum plays shooting – Wow. So, like, what I'm getting at is when Lillard is resting, McCollum can run the point. McCollum can run the point, and then you can have you can have Monk. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say Monk for what I I, I I'm just gonna say Monk. I'm gonna say Zach Collins. 
right Black here. Tom? But... Hi, all right. Damn, Joel's the only undefeated one at this point. <laughs> <laughs> My well, family. damn! I think I think that makes Charlotte's choice pretty fucking easy. <laughs> Portland didn't make sense to me, you know. I mean, Monk didn't make sense from from Portland. I mean, you know. I, oh, I I totally think it could have worked had you had you been planning on on moving moving away from from Turner and Crab, which would make total sense. I mean, just in the sense that like because you have. If you had if you had Monk on that team, you would have three three guys that can rotate very well to play the one, the two, and the three. Because you could play obviously you would start Lillard and McCollum. Then when McCollum rests, you bring in Monk, and then when Lillard rests, you bring back in McCollum who who moves over to the point guard, which he does anyway already. And then when Lillard's right. ready to come back in, McCollum moves to the two, and then Lillard moves to the one. But that's a moot point. Can Zach Collins play power forward? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he played power forward a lot last year. Granted, that's at a uh, collegiate level, and you can get away playing power forward being, like, a little slower and all that at the collegiate level. But, no, I, I think he can play power forward. I mean, he fits best as a as a as a center. Um, if you play him at power forward, you need to put him with some guy who's pretty athletic and a good rim protector. Um, but he he's a great shooter. Like he he can space the floor because he can he can hit threes and shit. So in that sense, I think I think he makes a lot of sense. And you know you got. You don't really have anybody who's that good at your four right now if you're Portland, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah. And you can protect uh, Nurchich, so. So we got Charlotte yeah. coming up. Uh, Malik Monk, I have him. Yeah, I mean, easily. Really, no explanation you need to hear. <laughs> that, we haven't had a pick that easy since number four. <laughs> yeah. For real. Luke Monk can come to Walker. That could be a pretty good backcourt right there. Um, by the way, guys, we got uh, about 18 minutes left. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, I guess maybe I, we'll probably make it to the lottery. All right. So the show's over at nine. Yeah, the the yeah, it's it's we're gonna wrap up at nine. Okay. So. We got Monk coming up at Hornets. Who's after the Hornets at pick? We got Detroit at pick 12. And yeah, then, I got Mitchell Mitchell going there. Yeah. Makes sense. We got three minutes left for this Hornets pick. I think this is going to be a really good pick for Charlotte. Lots of still at pick 11. 
yeah, Kimball Walker, um, Malik Monk, Michael K. Gilchrist, Marvin Williams, and Cody Zeller. That's a pretty solid lineup right there you can run with for a while. So since we're not going to be able to um, go through the whole draft, do you guys, just while we're waiting, want to just name a few sleepers you guys got out there? Sleepers? Yeah, if y'all want to do some, like, sleepers or something like that. Right, it's time for the team. Uh, fill the time up. <sighs> All right, so, I mean, me, uh, Dan Abadeo from Kentucky seems pretty tall. Harry Giles, I think he's really interesting as long as he can get over the injuries. Um, Dylan Brooks, I got second round, pretty solid. I uh, think he might be a good sleeper. Demi Alagie from SMU. Um, he's a freak. I really like him. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like those picks. Um, probably. I mean, my my probably biggest sleeper is Ananobi. I think I think he could go as high as to the Nuggets. Um, I like him a lot. Um, I think uh, I think Justin Jackson's going to slip down to 17, and I think the Bucks will take him. I think he fits like a lot of people have been picking bigs, but they Greg Monroe opted into his next contract, and like I think I think he's probably just a guy who um, who just like fits better with that system. They don't really have a backup three right now, so I mean I, I think he would work really well, and because Ansa Takumpo is so versatile. I think you could even play them alongside each other. I'm going to be really interested to see where Isaiah Hardenstein goes now. Because I had him go into Portland for the draft and stash factor. Um, I wonder, I mean, if he slips down to like 25, like that could be huge. That could be a great pick for somebody. Yeah. I agree. Bird. So I think they think it's gonna be Monk, unless that's got a noun. Yeah, it's got to be Monk, dude. You cannot pick Monk there. It'd be stupid if they didn't. Like, it makes sense for them. They could definitely use the extra scoring punch. You know, it's all, it'll yeah. Found their sixth man, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and two, like, I think it'll be interesting to see how they work him in with Batum because Batum is so flexible, he can play the three. And yeah, so, he can. 
like so that's that'll that'll be interesting to see if they want to get like a really offensive heavy unit going on there. Um yeah. then they could they could slide him over and, and play Monk with Kimba Walker. Um and I think it'll be really interesting to see what they do now that they've moved up to thirty one. I think yeah. there's some intriguing point guards right around there. Um, namely, I think I could see them going with a, with a Frank Jackson out of Duke. Um, I, I think he'll be available at 31, and I think he would be a, a pretty intriguing selection. The only backup point guard they have right now is Briante Weber, and I'm just not sold on him being any better than a third stringer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. I really do, especially now that you bring that up. I'm like, I would love to see Monk and Kemba together. That's gonna be kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Like that would be really interesting. And then because the tomb is so versatile, like the tomb is one of those guys who he can go off in a given night and score you a bunch of points, but he doesn't have to to be effective. Like, he, he yeah. I think he probably averaged, like, six boards and six assists last year and was a triple-double threat on any given night with just lower yeah. lower points than what your average triple-double threat would, would have. Um, right. But he's also a pretty good defender, and because of his size, I think he's 6'8". Like, he just makes him so versatile. Um and and, yeah. and Kid Gil- Gilchrist, he's a he's a good defender, but he's a one way of player. He's not an offensive threat at all. So um, no. So I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I I think Charlotte is is looking really good, especially too with like the 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 Howard trade, and not as much as is getting Howard per se, but like it doesn't hurt to get Howard. He's definitely better than Plumley. And get moving up in the draft too. Like those are two good things, you know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, Detroit here, I think it's really between Luke Kennard and Donovan Mitchell. Um, I mean, Detroit's really, really bad shooting team. Pick up Luke Kennard, but that's really all Luke Kennard can do is shoot. I don't see Luke Kennard doing much more else than shoot. Um, But Donovan Mitchell is a responsible shooter. But likes the best. I would pick Donovan Mitchell, but, you know, if you really just need shooting, you need just shooting. Yeah. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell would be a great choice here, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is Luke Kennard. Matter of fact, because from the last time I checked, uh, Detroit liked him a lot, so yeah. I might have to support Luke Kennard. Yeah, I mean, I I could I could see them going Kennard. I, I just like Mitchell. I think I do too. They're they're about the same as far as like standing height. Like Kennard's a little taller. Mitchell's got a little more wingspan. I think Mitchell's a little better defender. Um, Kennard's a little better shooter. Um, and it's uh, to me they're just so close. It's hard to say, but but I I like Mitchell just a little bit more. And I hate Duke. So I'm always gonna pick a Louisville <laughs> boy over the Duke kid. <laughs> Are you hating though? 
I like this. Okay, so we're gonna see how this transition works. So I've got I've got like the the extension scheduled for the show, but I don't I don't know okay. if it's just gonna go right into it or if we're gonna be off air for a minute. So we'll see how this works out. Feel you, I feel you. We'll just hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bear with us there, listener. <laughs> we go, we go, we go. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ah, I should have never doubted you, Joel. <laughs> Seriously, Joel's 12 for 12. This shit's ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't like me last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think last year I was like, I was like, I'm maybe five for twelve, so I've at least upped those odds. <laughs> I'm I'm doing terrible this year. Not bad. So you're not doing as bad as I did last year, so you got that going for you. <laughs> well, yeah, Luke Kennard, good three point shooter, uh, could work on some defense. Um, but really, that yeah what Detroit wanted, that's what they needed was three-point shooting, so I yeah, don't see him I, really yeah. being a, in the starting role at all, but coming off the bench just to score. Uh, yeah. Overall, pretty good selection, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you could really go go wrong with either either way you went, whether it was Mitchell or Kennard. Definitely think you needed a shooting guard because I don't expect them to bring back Coldwell Pope. You don't, I don't think, so? think they can afford to do it. I don't think they can afford to do it, man. Not unless, not unless they can move Drummond uh, for Jordan. If they can pull that that trade off that's been rumored, um, then I think you could bring back Caldwell Pope because you got Jordan coming off the books, and you're only going to go into the luxury tax for one season. But like, if I'm a, if I'm an NBA owner, I don't mind going into the luxury tax if I'm at least a playoff team. Like, Detroit's not even a playoff team right now. Like, I ain't paying a luxury tax. Yeah. You know, and, like, you can plug Luke Kennard right in there with Caldwell Pope, Jackson, Harris, Morris, Drummond. And they'll be serviceable. You got Ish Smith to come in and back you up. Stanley Johnson can back up. Lure, like, you bring in a couple smaller pieces. They got a shooter, man. That's all they – they needed a shooter. They got a shooter. They, yeah, they had to get a shooter. That was imperative. I got, yeah. I got a, hold up, I got a, I got a, I got a deal. You ready? Ooh. That's a move. Utah has made a deal with Denver for the 13th pick. What is the deal involved? Huh? What is it like? What is the deal involved? I don't know. It's a Utah has made a deal oh. with Denver for 13th pick. I don't know anything else aside from that. <laughs> Gotcha. So we're gonna right be now. for Utah. Oh, right. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got more. Ready? Okay. All right. Utah will send Trey Lyles and the number twenty-four pick to Denver for the number thirteen. Okay. Uh, okay. Yep. And and apparently, uh, Utah wants Donovan Mitchell. Huh. Utah wants okay. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I yeah, I can see that. Uh, cuz you're not sure what's going to happen with Hayward. 
Ingles is a is a free agent. Um, Rodney Hood, you could certainly move him to to um, to the three. I mean that that fits for him. So yeah, why not go get Donovan Mitchell? That's crazy. So, well, now we know okay. Trey Lyles is gone. Now I got a new home. <laughs> oh boy! So Denver, that's not taking this pick. So this is this is gonna be the Utah pick now. Then, right? Is what it is. Yeah. And it seems so weird. It keeps like trying to remind me that we have an upcoming show at nine. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I just want like, can't you just attach them? Like, does there have to be a? <laughs> like I know, I asked for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's trying to tell me that because it's like, it's like, hey, your show, this show's, this show's still like, you're, you're cutting it close here. Moderator, <laughs> I think that's what it's saying. Okay. It's so funny. I like. I hear Jay Jay Bill or whatever. Not that Jay Williams. Thank you. Jay Williams, way before y'all do. <laughs> do you? Damn it. Yeah, I got that. I got that super signal. Mm, I'm waiting with everybody. I'm like five seconds behind. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's that Louisville signal for you. To see the pit. There it is. <laughs> okay, here we go. There it is. Oh, it was about it was a matter of time. He had to get picked soon. There we yeah. go. Yeah, I mean it just makes it makes complete sense. He's he's the guy like that you trade up for to get. He's like the last one. So yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we got ninety seconds. I'm assuming this whole thing's just shut off like it like it always does. So um, okay. we got a second half of our coverage coming up. We're going to cover the, the rest of the first round. Um, I think Joel, he'll be here um, for about another hour, and then Ricky and I will close out the rest of the, the first round if there's any left. Um, but we'll, we'll catch you guys. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Just call back in. Phone number is 929-477-3781. See you in a minute, guys. All right, see you in a minute. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.